הלכות מעילה, פרק ראשון. הלכות מעילה deals with a very interesting מצווה, which is property of בית המקדש. What belongs to בית המקדש, what doesn't, obviously if something belongs to בית המקדש, somebody who is not, uh, who is not acting on behalf of בית המקדש cannot derive any benefit from it, and that, that's called מעילה. יש בכלל שלוש מצוות, אחת מצוות עשה ושתיים מצוות לא תעשה, there is three prescriptions in connection with these הלכות that are going to be described right now. One is affirmative, two are negative, וזהו פרטן, and this is how, uh, this is what they are. א', לשלם המועל אשר חטא בתוספת חומש לקרבן ועודין המועל. First is that if a person went and, and did enjoy, did derive benefit from, from something that belonged to Bet HaMikdash, he has to then um, pay, not only pay back, but also pay back with, with an extra, which we are going to see. שלא לעבוד בקודשים, second one is not to, to work with קודשים, with things that were, were uh, consecrated for Bet HaMikdash. In other words, for instance, if you have a cow that was consecrated for Korban, you may not use that cow to plow your field. Finally, not Okadashim, sorry, not to also take the wool from animals that, were, that are Kodesh. And the explanation, the elaboration of this misvot is the subject of the following chapters. Halacha Aleph, Asur lehediot lehenot mikotshe Adonai, בין מדברים הקרבים על גבי המזבח, בין מקודשי בדק הבית, וכל הנהנה בשווה פירוטם מקודשי אדוני, מעל. הדיוט, somebody who is not a כהן, somebody who is not, not only a כהן, but not acting in the official capacity of a כהן for בית המקדש, may not derive any benefit from things that were consecrated for God, whether those are things that are meant to be offered on the מזבח, or things that were just consecrated monetarily to Bedek Abayit. Bedek Abayit means the ledger of Bet HaMikdash. It means to the account of Bet HaMikdash. It's a monetary concept, and it means that it's the ownership of Bet HaMikdash. Not that it has any designated ritual function. It may not ever be used for ritual function. It may be just something that the Bet HaMikdash uh, does commerce with and, and buys and sells, and, profits from or exchanges for barters for something else which is going to end up being used but that is property of Bet HaMikdash and the measure for benefiting from, from uh, things that were consecrated to Bet HaMikdash for somebody to be liable is Sheveh Peruta is the value of a Peruta which is the smallest kind of denomination that uh, used to exist in the times of the Talmud הלכה ב' דברים שהותרו באכילה מן הקורבנות כגון בשר החטאת והשם אחר זריקת דמן things that are permissible to be consumed from קורבנות for instance the flesh of קורבן חטאת or the אשם after their blood was already, was already sprinkled was already thrown או שתהלהם אחר זריקת דם שני הכבשים or the, in, in, uh, in the קורבן of שבועות of שבועות the, the, the two breads that are after the, the, the attending korbanot had their blood, their blood spilled already, and since they may be consumed, uh, if somebody ends up using it for personal reasons, that's not considered me'ilah. And now we are 
talking strictly about me'ilah, we're not talking about whether it's mutar or asur, and in this case it's asur, but even if somebody who is not a Kohen ends up eating from these things, although they're not allowed, technically this is not a violation of me'ilah, because these things are permissible for some private individuals, and because there is a subset of private individuals for whom this is permissible, then this is not considered me'ilah, it's, it's not for the exclusive use of petamikdash. Moreover, even if they then, or some part of, of the korban, of, of the offering of the whole process, became unfit, making those very things forbidden to be eaten, so now nobody can eat them, because there was a, a moment in time in which those things were not exclusively of Bet HaMikdash, that remove them from the laws of Me'ila. Halacha Gimal, Hamo'el bezadon lokeh umshalem ha-shepara min ha-kodesh berosho. If somebody deliberately, wantonly, willfully, intentionally does Me'ila, then there is two consequences. One is corporal, he gets Malkut, and the second one is he also has to pay the Rosh, which is the, the account, the exact amount that was spent deriving that benefit, which is a, a, a rarity. We usually have the rule, if somebody gets malkut, they don't also pay with money, but me'ila is obviously an exception, it's very serious. So where is the prohibition of me'ila? Where did the Torah explicitly say that one may not derive benefit from things that belong to Bet HaMikdash or to the Mishkan, a pasuk that says, you may not eat in your cities ma'asar de'ganecha, that which was, came from your tithes, and nedarecha, and from your oaths, which includes, to a large extent, korbanot. So, the, the, the traditional interpretation of Mepiyah the official interpretation of, of this pasuk is that it's in reference to uh, uh, eating from Besar Ola, eating the flesh of the Korban Ola, which is meant to be Kulol Hashem, it's meant to be exclusively dedicated to the service of God, meaning nobody is allowed, nobody is supposed to eat the flesh of that Korban. And so too, by extension, any other korban which is meant, is designated for the exclusive use for the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whether this is something that is meant to end up on the Mizbeach or something that is meant to end up in the account of the of Bedekabait, of Bet HaMikdash. The moment a person derives benefit from it, in the value to the tune of one peruta, that's enough to receive malkut. Second part of Alakha Gimal, Ma'al Bishkaga. Now, what happens if somebody did me'ila without knowing that that which he or she was, was deriving a benefit from belonged to Beta Mikdash, and then finds out? Meshalema Shenehena, Vetosefet Homesh, Umavi'ail Bishneselaim. So he has to do three things. He has to pay back what he used. So let's say he ate meat from Korban Ola 
to the tune of $100. He has to bring $100. And then he has to also add a homish. And we're going to explain, it's a fifth, but we're going to explain how to calculate that fifth later. And then he also has to bring a korban, a very specific korban. It's korban asham. In the, it's going to be a ram, ail, bishnes selaim, worth at least two coins that are called selah. Um, and then that's going to that's going to be his kapara. That's going to be how he achieves atonement. Uh, that is a special asham. That's called asham me'ilot. And we have a pasuk for that, a very explicit pasuk, um, that he has to do to bring both the korban and to pay back the, the principal with the, the fifth penalty. Um, and this is a misvah as well, to, to, to pay back and to bring this korban. Although there is an obligation to also pay back this fifth, this additional uh, surcharge on the principal amount that was used, that's not going to, to, to prevent the kapara so long as the principal is paid back and the korban is brought. If he brings the, the me'ila back before he brings the asham, if he pays back before bringing the korban, then he reverses the order and that's, that is invalidating of the process. If he is not sure if he was mo'il or if he wasn't mo'il, it's not, it's not sure if the steak he ate was from this animal or from another animal, so maybe he did me'ilah, maybe he didn't do me'ilah, then he's patur. He does not need to bring either the tashlumin or the korban. And the homish itself, the, this fifth that he has to pay, the surcharge, is itself as if it were property of Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, if he enjoys personally, if he derives personal benefit from it, if he decides to eat it himself or use it, then now he has to bring another penalty on that homish. So uh, he, he has to bring a homish on the homish in addition to that and so forth until... He, he, he actually uh, pays it back. And uh, just Arambam is reminding us that whenever we say homish, a fifth, uh, the, the, in rabbinic Hebrew, in halacha, a fifth means really 25%, because 25% ends up being 20% of the 125% that results from adding 25% to 100. Halacha vav. There are some things that from the Torah they are not forbidden to derive benefit from. They are not really property of the Mikdash, but Hamim still forbade them. 
And therefore, the consequence is to pay back whatever was used without the need to also add a homish, and also not to bring a korban, of course. And we're going to bring examples. Halachazayin. Kol kodshem izbeyah ben kodshek kodashim ben kodashim kalim. All the kodashim that are brought on the mizbeyah, whether it's what's called the light kodashim or the severe kodashim, the severe kodshek kodashim is the kodesh of the kodesh. For example, a korban ola, a korban hatat, things that are brought shelamim of the sibur. Then kodashim kalim are things usually that end up being eaten by the person who brings them. So it's it's really before before in the book of the Varim Parashat Re'eh, we were permitted to eat meat, uh, which which is called basar ta'ava. The only other resort we had for eating meat would be would be to bring one of these light korbanot. The blood would be offered, but the rest of the korban is really the property of whoever is bringing it. That is mostly the universe of kadashim kalim. There is also bechor, there is maaser, and there is korban pesach, all of which are also eaten by by somebody. So the bechor is really for the for the kohen, but it's still kadashim kalim. So asurim begizava avoda. Even even those kadashim kalim, it's forbidden to derive benefit from their wool or the avoda or to work with them. As the Pasuk says, and the Pasuk actually refers to Kadashim Kalim, you may not do work with your the, the Bechor of your shore, or have Giza take the wool of the Bechor of your Tzon. And by extension, this same rule applies to other uh, things that are consecrated to the Mizbeach or to Bet HaMikdash. And if somebody uh, sheds the, the wool of the of, of a shore, which which is not is not what you would do, right? You would take the ox and and and, uh, and use it to work, and you would take the wool from the from the sheep. But if you reverse it, it's the action itself which was forbidden, without specifying that it's that action with the appropriate animal. So even if you do giza on the shore, or aboda on the son on on the on the sheep. You would still be lokem in Torah. However, uprooting, uh, just uh, taking with your hand some of the wool of the sheep, that's not the same as giza, which is with with a utensil. And now Rambam adds something, which he says, Rambam uses his key words, when he does not have a source for it, it just seems to him. So many other, in my opinion, lesser hachamim, whenever they think something might be the case because it's logical, they'll just tell you that's the case. That's not Rambam. Rambam is 100% loyal to the Gemara. And if he doesn't have a source for something, even if it's logical, he'll tell you this is what seems to me. He signals to you that he's not acting as he usually does, as a faithful restator of the Gemara, but rather he's saying his own opinion. So he's saying in his own opinion that the measure how much <coughs> should one do Gizat to Bihayav of Me'ila, he says should be the same measure as we use for somebody, somebody becoming liable on Shabbat, which is Rohavasit Kaful. It's 
it's uh, it's four tefahim, which is when you extend, I believe it's when you open your, your thumb and your pinky as far as possible. So two of those, which ends up being four um, hand breaths, that, that's how that's how much of, of uh, wool you have to take to be Hayab Me'ilah. Halachachet. Sefek kadashim kegon behemash sefek bechor vechayoseba harehen asurim begiza va'avoda. An animal that we don't know if it's Kodesh or it's not Kodesh. For example, an animal that you don't know if it's the Bechor, if it's the firstborn or if not, it's not the firstborn. So you still are not allowed to do Giza or Avodah, but because it's a fact, because we don't know for a fact, then this is Midr Rabbanan, and you would not get Malkut if you do Giza or Avodah. An animal that had been consecrated to Bet HaMikdash and then became unfit. Something happened to the animal. Uh, it got a big cut somewhere that invalidates it. And then she had pidyon, which is something that was explained in Chotisura Mizbeyah. In other words, they, they redeemed the value, they consecrated the value of that animal and redeemed the animal and now that animal can be used for other things. Uh, it, it became cholin. Still, that animal is not, you may not, until until you, um, you do shahita to it, she still has some sort of holiness, enough so that you may not do giza or abodah on that animal. But if after the pidyon, if after you removed, you transferred the kedusha to some to the monetary value, if then you do shahita, then the entire animal is allowed to be consumed. There is obviously no meila then. When are we saying this? What kind of animal is this? It's the kind of animal that, as I just described, the mum occurred after it had been consecrated to Bet HaMikdash. But if the mum happened before the consecration, then the consecration never really attached, and therefore there is no me'ilah, but there is me'ilah from hachamim. Nifdet <coughs> So if if you take one of these animals that midrabanan you still should not be using it or taking its its wool because it had a mum First had a mum, then you did the Ktesh, and then you did Pidion. Uh, so until you do Pidion, although the Hektesh never really attached, Hachamim forbade you to use this animal. However, once you do Pidion, unlike the animal that was fit when it was Mitkadeshet and it had a Ktesh, and therefore Hachamim would not let you use its wool or, or use the animal itself for some work, in this kind of situation, you are allowed to, to use it. Except for Hosmina Bechorvia Maaser, the Bechor and the Maaser, Shakedusha Hala al Gufan, a Falpishan Baalemumimit Hilatan, the Enanus in the Holili Gazazul Avedli Olam. Because the, the, 
the Bechor and the Maaser, the Kedusha attaches to them themselves. And if you think about it, the Bechor really was born already, Kadosh was born already with that status of belonging to, to a certain Misvah. Uh, it really goes to the Kohen, but it, it, has to, it has to have a certain process. And, and uh, the same with the Maaser, which also is, is one out of ten. And, and therefore, because it attaches to, to their goof, even if they had a mum and then they became mukdashim, Hachamim would not let you uh, use a rule or use the animal forever, even if you do pidyon. And it's even forbidden to use the bechor for reproductive purposes with other, with other animals. And also pesulei muktashin, also animals that that were muktashin, uh, but then they had some kind of a mum. Halachayud, mutar litlosha se'alech atahila min akodashim kedeler otamum lemumhe. Now we had said before that uh, the, the 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 shedding of the wool that's something that's that's uh, the giza is something that that's that's specific to doing so with an instrument. But if you did it, if you if you uprooted it with your hand then that's not really Giza. So now we're going to talk about some situations in which it's actually permissible to, to, to uproot, to tear apart some of the, of the hair of the wool of the animal. So you may do so from the Kodashim. First instance, if you want to show some kind of a mum that the animal might have, but it's, it's being covered by, by the wool or by, by the fur, you may then, with your hand, um, uproot, tear, tear, tear that, that, that wool, that, that fur, so that the muhe can see, so that the expert can see. And what do you do with that, with that hair that came off? If it comes from the Bechol Ma'asar, which we said their goof itself has a special status, then you may not derive any benefit from it. Even after they already are nishhatin, uh, they were already uh, slaughtered because they had had some kind of a mum. Because um, the, the concern is that you, you may you may uh, you know, let's say there is a lot of hair, and that adds a little bit to to your motivation to want them to to have to have a mum, which then would permit you to use to do shechita to the korbanot, and then to use that that hair, and and because you, you have no other rush, there's no rush for you, there's, there's nothing in it for you to do shahita to the master or the Bechor right away. And therefore, we don't want to give you any excuse or any reason to want to delay that shahita. And the, the, this, this would also uh, some of the explanations here in the Macbilly edition are it's not only that, that semer or, or fur that you yourself tore apart with your hand to show the mum to a mumhe, but it's general what happen, generally what happens with animals is throughout their life they shed a lot 
they shed a lot of wool and there could be an, a not in material quantity of wool that if you were allowed to use it after the shahita of the animal that somebody could just sit sit back and, and watch their bechor lose all of their wool and then get a mum and then you get the shahita and then you can use all the wool that had been shed before so they didn't want to to have this uh, this conflict but if it's a, the kind of korban that a person, there is something in it for the person to, to do it right away, for example, a hatat or, a, or a, an asham, which the person needs to, to get done for kapara, then we don't have the same concern. And therefore, hachamim did not for, forbid you to use the se'ar or the semer that fall off after you've done the shahita. So after you've done the shahita, it's mutar to, to use that se'ar or semer that has fallen off before. And if it's from the ola, then that's safek. And if there was a mum, there was some imperfection that befell the korban, and then some se'ar fell off, uh, but you didn't do it with your hand, then uh, all of that is mutar behanaya, except for the bechor, for the same reason that that we said before, Hamim forbade it, even if he then has a mum, um, it, it's forbidden to use it, to use that se'ar. Halachayot Aleph. Hashohed bechor o she'ar muqdashin, tolish ha-se'ar mikan o mikan la'asod makom la-sakin, when somebody is bringing the 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 bechor or other korbanot to be slaughtered in Beta Migdash, and by the way, shechita, uh, anybody can do it. So the person many times will be the same person who does shechita, and many times they will bring their own knife to do the shechita with. So you bring the Beta Migdash, you bring the animal to the Beta Migdash with the knife, and the place they will put the knife in is in the in the fur, in the wool of the animal. So, so if you want to, to make some sort of a, a space for the knife to fit, you have to carve yourself a space within the wool. So you may do that, even though you know we don't want you to do giza of the tzemer, but for this specific narrow purpose, you're allowed to, so long as you don't do it in, in, a, in, a, in an area that's broader than uh, you leaving the the knife in in a in a in a single spot. So you put the knife in a single spot. You rotate it one side and the other. However much wool that comes off by doing that, that's fine. But you may not move the knife higher or lower to increase the space even further. Again, things that economically belong to Beit Hamikdash. You don't have themselves any specific ritual purpose, not yet. It's still forbidden to do giza or avoda, but it's mid rabbanan, not from Atara. Therefore, if somebody goes and takes some of the wool or works with them, they do not get malkut, but they get makat mardut, which is the kind of punishment to to um, to show that somebody did something 
Um, it's it's like it's like contempt of court, basically. Makad Martut is you you disobeyed a direct order of the person with authority. Um, if somebody consecrates a fetus of an animal to the Mizbeyah, he says, this little cow that's being born right now, I'm so happy my, my cow is pregnant. This little baby cow, that's going to be for the Mizbeyah. I, I donate it as a korban. So now... Although this doesn't affect the mother, the mother is not uh, the baby, but uh, whatever the mother, whatever you do to the mother might indeed affect the baby. So uh, if, if you do that, you may not work on the mother or with the mother, because that's going to decrease the amount of calories that this old body is receiving. And therefore, although it's not a Surmina Torah, Hachamim forbade it. However, they did not forbid the taking of the wool because that would not affect the fetus, obviously. If the Hekdesh was on one of the limbs of the animal, I say the, the, the right frontal leg of this animal is Hekdesh to the Mizbeach, whether if I say this is to Bedekabait, to the account of Bet HaMikdash, or to the Mizbeach, to the Kurban itself, then we have a safek, we have a machloket in the Gemara that was not resolved, on whether the entirety of the animal is forbidden on these two things, Gizava Avoda, or not. Therefore, you may not do so, but if you go ahead and do Giza, or you go ahead and do Avoda, then you do not get uh, Makat Malkut. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.